When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. I recognize that kitty voice. Why? Why, that's MJ. That's young MJ. I'm the Jackson 5 bringing us back here on 77 WABC. And we have with us America's undocumented anchorman who has a Christmas album of his own, I believe. Uh, That is true, James. I'm not sure my version of Santa Claus is coming to town uh, did as well as Michael Jackson's, but I do sing a very long note right at the end of it. I, I uh, hold it for whatever it is, uh, 12 bars or something. I sucked in a lot of air, and uh, on that final town, uh, I hold it for... You can drive, if you're listening in your car, you can drive three and a half miles while I'm holding that last note. <laughs> okay, start <laughs> your... You are just—it's not as high as Michael Jackson's. Uh, I hope not. I, uh, I have to—I have to get a tighter pair of trousers to get up that high. Yes. Yeah. Well, indeed. So, Mark, there is a story, and of all places, I did not expect to find uh, this story in NPR. I mean, NPR, known for you know, commie, commie, yeah. socialist stuff, but the story asked the question. Why is the Biden administration increasing the cost of building houses? I, yeah. Yeah. What it's gives with that? It's interesting, isn't it? They, they, what happened, I think, is that a lot of people fled from uh, America's dysfunctional cities. And for certain types of jobs, it doesn't make any difference if you're, I, I mean, I'm just talking like New Hampshire, for example, is full of people from Massachusetts who tried to make, uh, who've decided to make their hunting cabins their permanent homes. And likewise in Vermont, you know, a lot of nice little shishi Manhattan couples decided to make their weekend homes their permanent homes. You can't buy anything uh, in northern New England at the moment, like, you know, some rusting double-wide uh, 200 yards from the uh, Canadian border is going for $1.8 million in Vermont. It's crazy. You just can't buy anything. And at the same time, there's no point buying a plot of land because lumber is so expensive that you can't afford to build your own home. So, uh, that's ex- I mean, that is one of the critical features of how easy it is to live in a society. Can you buy a nice lot in a criminal uh, 
a non-criminal part of town and raise three children. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm being serious here. That affects everything. You know, at, right at the moment, I think it was last year, we had the worst uh, fertility rate in American history. Americans have given up having children. Well, to have children, you can't be living in a one-room studio apartment. You've got to be able to have a room to put the kid in, otherwise it's going to drive you nuts. And, uh, and as I said, to, it's now more expensive than ever to right. buy a house, so you can't have a family. But uh, I was, so, but, but, oh, oh, that's why we need to import all these Afghan translators and Ukrainian <laughs> translators to do the jobs Americans won't do. I mean, it's all connected. Well, you said, see, you, what you said that actually made me laugh was in a non-criminal part of town. Yeah. Democrats, the party of smash and grab, have made sure that there were no towns, at least in blue areas, that are safe anymore. Look at this guy, the the godfather um, that they all raved yeah. about There's in, in L.A. This guy's extremely wealthy, lives in a beautiful part of town, smash and grab. They killed his wife. Right. And right now there's a story. I saw another story somewhere. The headline blew me away because it's like uh, crime. These people in, I'm paraphrasing the headline, crime finally comes to the wealthy areas. And it's like, really, are we celebrating this? This well, is. I think uh, <laughs> I, I don't think in the fullness of time Democrats will, because Democrats' whole theory is that they can. The, the, the limousine liberal's worldview is that he can always insulate himself from all the uh, evil pathologies he loses on everybody else, all the losers out there. So you say, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to let criminals out with no bail, and the next thing they do is murder your grandma. But it's not the limousine liberal's grandma. And, and that's what's changed about this. I mean, you're now having people getting sucker-punched uh, on Fifth Avenue in, in broad daylight. You're getting people shoved in front of the subway train uh, at stations in the heart of the metropolis. That's what's changed. You can't insulate yourself from this stuff anymore. So now people have to wonder whether they can afford a house. And in all of this, Joe Biden's Commerce Department doubled the duties on softwood lumber, which you need, which, yeah. by the way, we import from Canada. That's right. I don't understand why we just don't take over Canada. You, they don't <laughs> have that many lose. people there. Look, I, 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 I don't like to do this, James, but you saw how Afghanistan went. They're, they're <laughs> goatards <laughs> with fertilizer. Now, you, if you want to take over a huge country uh, full of people who eat poutine and play curling and like riding around on moose and doing all kinds of stuff that's even weirder than the stuff in Afghanistan. If you feel, okay, uh, Afghanistan, the Afghanistan fiasco, that was six weeks ago now. We're ready to invade somewhere else. I don't think that's such a good idea. <laughs> you may have a point there, especially with Biden. When Trump gets in, maybe we should revisit it, um, if he gets back in. Um, but so, so all of a sudden... We hit Canada with this softwood tax. We doubled the duties on it. And so it's just driving the price like crazy. Why? Why would they do this? I don't think they, I honestly don't think they think these things through, except in this sense. 
that the Democrats genuinely believe, for other people, not for Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden has got an amazing real estate portfolio, considering he's just been doing a government job for half a century. Um, but for other people, they actually don't like the idea of, uh, as I said, a nice-sized lot in a non-criminal part of town. They think everybody should be living like the Japanese. You should be in small apartments, uh, because that way it reduces your carbon footprint and all the rest of it. So to someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the fact that you can't afford to get your first foot on the home ownership ladder is a good thing to her. She thinks, she thinks that's great. And they think they, they, they work backwards in this way, too. So if you made the point that I just made, that nobody wants to start a family when you're living in a, a one-room apartment, they'd say, oh, that's a good thing. Don't have any children. That way we can save the polar bears. Oh, underlying everything they do, which seems insane, is the fact that all the energy in the party is with the, the side of the party that thinks economic growth, home ownership, affordable family formation, all this stuff is just, uh, all these things are bad. Okay, turning, turning our attention overseas. Today was this big summit. President Biden could his, get, couldn't get his mic on, the, and the geniuses at the White House can't figure out how to work Skype or Zoom or whatever it was. <laughs> um. But we we were supposed to have this big summit between Biden and 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 uh, and Putin, and Biden was going to be tough guy. He was tough guy. Oh yeah, yeah. You're building up all these troops on the Ukraine border. If you dare do anything, we're going to hit you with sanctions really hard. I guess Putin's scared after all that, is he? No, Putin isn't at all. And in fact, Putin's minimum demand, I think. And I, I you know, this is a this is a reasonable thing in the circumstances. All this talk about. Ukraine becoming a full member of NATO. There isn't, you, you could walk out on the street now and, and you couldn't find one in a thousand people who think it's in the American interest to go to war over Ukraine's uh, national integrity, which is what NATO membership would require. And if, and if things had gone the other way, by the way, since you're so eager to invade Canada these days, imagine if the Cold War had gone the other way <laughs> and, and Putin had uh, decided to let Canada join the Warsaw Pact. Oh, no. I mean, that's, that's yeah, no, no, no. That's basically, happen. or Mexico in the Warsaw Pact. That's basically how Putin looks at it. And so Putin's minimum demand is that, you know, Ukraine should be a, uh, like Finland during the Cold War. It was, Finland was basically a Western nation, but that wasn't uh, too ostentatiously Western uh, in order that it didn't upset the Soviet Union. And the idea that NATO is a useless organization, I mean, uh, Afghanistan is principally an, an American fiasco, but it was also a NATO fiasco. It's nothing to do with NATO going running around Afghanistan. Um, but but the idea, NATO, if anything, should actually have a, a smaller, more clearly defined role than just opening it up to uh, anyone who wants. You, you know, the Ukrainians who... Uh, when when Ukraine applied for membership of NATO, as I said, that is the that is basically the equivalent of you waking up, switching on the TV, and finding that Justin Trudeau has applied to join the Warsaw Pact. Yeah, right. You know, I you make a point. You have a point. Okay, last last story. Apple apparently 
made a deal with well, who doesn't make a deal with China these days? But <laughs> but <laughs> I know I'm making mine. <laughs> Tim Cook apparently made a deal to help China grow their economy. I wish he'd do it here. And <laughs> I mean, of course, he's employing like one percent of one tenth of one percent of Chinese labor to make all the Apple products mm. over there. But he made a deal with them for multi-billions of dollars to help their economy. How should Americans look at that? Well, I don't think these come... I mean, I think increasingly the world is controlled by half a dozen woke billionaires. And nominally, they hold passports from somewhere or other. But they're entirely post-national. This idea... Uh, that Apple is a kind of American company. I mean, you know, I forget where it pays taxes. It it either pays taxes in Ireland or it does the what they call the uh, I think it's the double Dutch with a with a twist of Bermuda, where you route it through a couple of extra companies and you pay, pay even uh, fewer taxes. But essentially, these are global enterprises, and uh, they're deeply embedded. Uh, with with the Chinese. I, I had a conversation with a French foreign minister many years ago in which he said he hated the term globalization because as far as he was concerned, globalization meant Americanization, which he loathed. And he got it completely wrong because it doesn't mean Americanization. It means uh, Chinification or whatever. So that we have Hollywood and, uh, and the big American sports Essentially, they're creating product for their most important market, which is China. China, this year, overtook North America as the biggest film market. So you have people who look American. They play, the, they play American icons like Superman and Batman. Uh, uh, but in fact, they're operating with, uh, with a, a priority given to China because China's most important to them. And it's the same for Tim Cook. Uh, all his products are made in China, and increasingly, that means that, uh, that giving priority to Chairman Xi over the tottering nitwit in Washington or to any other uh, Western leader, it, it, that's his priority, kissing up to Chairman Xi. These aren't American companies in any meaningful sense. They don't pay tax here. Their markets are global. And increasingly, uh, wherever these guys happen to be born, they're, they're entirely post-national figures. Mark, where can people find you on TV? And if one wants to search out your Christmas recording, <laughs> where can one find that? Oh, you, know, you can find that at uh, Amazon and uh, Apple and all those places. And I will say this after listening to Michael Jackson, that uh, I did a disco version of Marshmallow World, and I make no great claims uh, for my recording career, except I will say a lot of people try to make Christmas disco singles, and that is one of the best. I would rank mine among the very best I Christmas think we're disco have to play singles. It here. And where do we find you on TV? Uh, I'm at gbnews.uk, and uh, I'll be on air this Friday. Oh, and actually, that's quite a big, uh, we've got quite a big American guest coming up on that. Who do you have? Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give that away in case, okay. uh, you know, in case he cancels and uh, we have to uh, make do <laughs> but it's with a Rachel big, Maddow. But it's a big, it's a big name. It's a big, yeah. Rachel Maddow, it's a big name. 
Yeah, I still say we should take over Canada one day when we have a real... Anyway, Mark okay, Stein... War of 1812, the rematch. You're on, James. Okay, Mark Stein, we'll speak with you next Tuesday, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, James. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, here with you. If you want to be part of the program, we have some time left. We are going to take your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, and we're coming back right after this.